Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode number 39. I'm Ryan Thogmartin. That is Jeff, the Funeral Commander Harbison. You're back in the saddle. I'm back in the saddle. Vacays are over. We're back together as an effing family, you and I. Uh, so good to see you in your habitat with a drink and a cigar. I was jealous last week with the beach in the background. Uh, so, you know, fantastic. Lots going on in the funeral profession. Uh, I'm so excited that we really got to show last week and the prior week are just the story of how all this happened because it wasn't a fluke. Um, it was really well hashed out, hashed out. So we got a lot of good feedback from that. But what do we have coming up this week, brother? Well, uh, we'll start out with our folks that are sponsoring us, the Fast Funding Group. Um, if you want to get paid on your life insurance policy and not wasting manpower and time, visit cjf.com, AmericanFuneralFinancial.com and funeralfundingcenter.com. I, as a company, use them. I get paid very quickly. And when it comes to cash flow and accounts receivables, these guys can close that gap for you. So thank you, the Fast Funding Group, and we encourage you to visit them. Um, on today's show, for the next 20 minutes or so, our guest is a funeral professional that has tremendous re resume uh, and, and funeral experience. The spotlight's gonna be on a funeral director. It's a bunch from Dallas, Texas. And the WTF exemplifies uh, on-time delivery. So, uh, Ryan, what's our buzz out this week? Well, Jeff, the buzz to topic is is this is I, I this is something that I never in my lifetime dreamed I would be talking about in the funeral profession. But it has to be the Pokemon Go app. So <laughs> this app launched and in a, a four day period generated over $7.5 billion to the bottom line of Nintendo, the parent company of the app. But basically the app has opened up a firestorm in the funeral profession simply because in the app you are a character using augmented reality through the phone. The app uses your GPS and it will show you an augmented reality world where they have placed different like Easter egg Pokemons, and you, you try to capture the Pokemon, you take them to a gym, you train them to get them stronger to go battle other Pokemon and other pl players. What's happened is the creators of the game have cre deemed a lot of public places in the augmented reality world as Pokestops. And basically mm -hmm. these are places where Pokemon hang out, so it's easier to capture them. Literally, there's more time spent now in just a short week that this app has been available on the Pokemon app versus Twitter and Snapchat. And there are a larger user audience than Snapchat and Twitter. So this wow. is, is huge. Hundreds of millions of people are playing it across all demographics. What's happened is because most public places, churches, libraries, landmarks, um, national museums have been deemed Pokestops because they're public and anybody can enter them, a lot of cemeteries have been named Pokestops as well and marked wow. as Pokestops. So it's driving hundreds of people to cemeteries, which yesterday really this all kind of capsized. Arlington's National Cemetery earlier this week sent out a tweet asking people not to play the Pokemon app game or Pokemon Go game in the cemetery. Because they are a public property, they are not allowed to say people cannot do it. They can just respectfully ask for it. So the question has been asked, 
what can cemeteries do, what can funeral homes do to, one, prevent people from playing the game on your location, or on the flip side, how can we embrace it and really, if you can't beat them, join them and make the most out of it. And I really fall on the side of, you know, the positives of having hundreds of people on your cemetery properties or around your funeral homes. So I got an email uh, from a funeral home that's that's a combo and said, hey, what can we do? Can we can we pay Pokemon app to make our location a Pokemon stop so more people come to our location? The short answer is no. But what funeral homes and cemeteries can do is find a Pokemon Pokestop around their facility. And most of the time, that's going to be funeral homes. You're going to have to find somewhere around their funeral homes. Cemeteries are probably already a Pokestop. Um, and you can buy lures. You can pay um, the app with in-app purchases to purchase a lure that draws in Pokemon. And with Pokemon going to a location, foot traffic comes along with it. Literally hundreds of people. Uh, and so it's crazy. There's a number of different ways that funeral homes and cemeteries can really get on the, the head of the curve and really embrace this and use it as a positive way to engage with community members, educate about funeral etiquette if there is a funeral going on or a, a funeral in the cemetery happening. You know, hey, we want you to come inside and, and enjoy the grounds, but let's be respectful of, you know, in the privacy of the, the, the funeral that's happening. Um, I would encourage funeral homes to open their doors, invite people in, give them a bottle of water, go find a pokey spot, a pokey stop that's close to your funeral home, set up a lawn chair, start passing out candy, start passing out bottles of water, all your funeral home swag. Because, again, this is not a teen demographic game. This is a game my generation, 35 plus, grew up with Pokemon. Our parents bought us Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So, 45, 50, 60 year olds know what the game is and they're using it. I I challenge anyone watching to step outside their funeral home where there are people and watch and see who is playing the game. I was at Children's Hospital earlier this week on an elevator and a lady got on the elevator, probably mid to upper 30s with the Pokemon app Go app open and she walked out of the elevator like this following her phone to try to find the, the next pokemon in children's hospital wow. so again there's, there's a lot of value that can be had from a trending number one app in the google play store and the apple uh, itunes store so that's the big buzz and it's something that i've never in my lifetime thought i would ever talk about on a funeral show well, you know, it goes back maybe 25 years ago. Who knew this interweb thing would work? You yeah, know, right. so don't fight them, join them. Hey, look, uh, our commentary segment was newly sponsored by uh, Funeral DNA ID, which is a simple collection of DNA. If you don't have to send the simple out, of, you don't have to send the sample out of the country. Safe right in your funeral home. Ryan, roll that promo. You can't predict the future. However, you can protect your business and the families you're serving. Funeral DNA ID kits that collect and preserve DNA during the cremation and burial process. Swap, spot, seal, legacy preserve. For more information, please visit FuneralDNAID.com. Fantastic. All right, Jeff, who is uh, our esteemed guest today on the F and Show? You know, I'm really excited to have Jody Clock, who is the author of Ask Jody blog and for 25 years, Jody has worked at end-of-life planning within our industry, including family and corporate-owned funeral homes, advanced planning companies, casket manufacturer, now practice what she preaches, 
at Clock Funeral Home and Clock Timeless Pets with her husband, Dale. She's an international speaker, expert on how to help families have a difficult conversation, their loved ones about legacy planning. And I'm personally excited to uh, look at another piece of the Funeral Nation that's expanding and growing. So let's roll that interview. Jody, welcome to the Funeral Nation TV show. Uh, Jody, will you share with us a little bit about yourself, please? Well, you know, that could take a long time. So, uh, <laughs> in light of time, I'll just share with you, number one, thanks for inviting me. And um, obviously, my name is Jody Clock, but more importantly, I'm a business partner with my husband, Dale Clock, of uh, Clock Funeral Homes in Muskegon, Grand Haven, and Fruitport, Michigan. And we also have a separate business called Clock Timeless Pets, as a much as Phoenix Crematory Services. So my role here is to oversee and help co-manage the day-in, day-out operations. And uh, the rest of the stuff is to be determined, but that's my role here now today. Outside of being a, a crazy pet advocate, um, grandmother that likes to instigate trouble. <laughs> well, you're in right company here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's enough to keep us going for the moment. That's Very right. Good. Well, Jody, you're heavily involved in, in, in pet death care, and it's a, a very large growing segment of the funeral profession. Tell us a little bit about how you got started with that. You know, in a million years, I never thought I would be here. Um, everybody has a few marker moments in their life, and sadly, one of mine was a divorce. And so as my previous life ended, um, I was an empty nester and I got custody of our Sheltie, Max. And so Max um, got me through a really rough time. And so Dale and I connected. We became business partners and ultimately got married. And I convinced Dale that we needed to have a therapy dog at the funeral home. So we put Max through his paces. We had a therapy dog, a very early adopter. That was a good 12 years ago. And Max wasn't supposed to die. Now, never was on my radar. And when he died, um, being in the profession that we are, we ask questions. And I knew the answers to some of those questions. And that just wasn't suitable for me. So I figured if I was an empty nester and a crazy pet parent, and I wanted to ensure that my little guy got the same dignity and respect as I believe every person should have. Mm. Um, that's your start. That's my story. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You started that out of um, personal, you know, which is uh, it, it turned into a business. And oftentimes that makes the business even better because you have a mission. Um, share with us how many pet death care providers there are in the U.S. And maybe a little bit about the different facets of the business. You know, like in our business, we have, you know, funeral homes and crematories. And then we have vendors with caskets and urns. Tell us the similarities and a few differences between the two. Well, certainly, and that's that's an interesting question because I was trying to do my due diligence on um, just by sheer numbers. There's less than 2,000, and mm. it's not an exact number, but I'm gonna say somewhere, the last I had a hard number was 1,500, and it's closer to 1,700, mm -hmm. and that includes, um, I'm going to say pet crematories, and I'll expand on this, or pet and or funeral homes or just anything in the pet death care world. Mm -hmm. And 
think about that. In Detroit, Michigan, you know, you get into Wayne County and Macomb County right over there. That's how many human funeral homes there are. Okay, so there is a huge opportunity for pet death care. And I, I believe to the core, um, it's going to be a while before it exponentially grows, but mm -hmm. there's going to be growth opportunities and it really needs to be for the right reasons. Um, if anybody enters into the pet death care world thinking they're going to get rich, um, no. But like you said, it was personal if you get into the right reasons and you segment and define who you want to be. I think a person can make a comfortable living or have that be a great augment to your existing business, which Agreed. brings me back around to what you had asked. Mm -hmm. um, up until about 10, 11 years ago, there might have only been under 10 uh, freestanding pet cemeteries. You know, we often talk about our good friend, uh, the Rimkisses in Hills, you know, Hinsdale over in Chicago. Um, on the coast, there have been some. But there were very few pet cemeteries that also would have had a crematory on premise. And a lot of those um, came to be also because of equine, because of horses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wanted a place to bury their horse. Um, our good friends at the vet clinic community, all the veterinarians, the DVMs, um, they solved a problem for us because, you know, growing up, I'm sure all of us had a pet. And when that pet died, somehow that vet, that pet disappeared. And most of the vet clinics, unless you lived on a farm or a place with big property where you could bury your own pet, um, that vet made that go away. Now, whether he took that and had that pet buried or he had that pet cremated, a lot of people will never know. Uh, what we found out over the years is that many pets went to a landfill and there are some still going to a landfill, which wow. I found, I find that unconscionable because a lot of times pet parents don't know that their pet went to a landfill. Um, a common word used might be common burial ground. Right. So then there have been for years and years and years, um, just pet crematories. Mm -hmm. And there are no standards in the pet world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the pet crematories, maybe your pet was cremated privately, maybe not. Um, or there were incinerators like um, livestock. You've often heard. Was the norm. And then folks like our pet pioneer, Colleen, good friend of mine. Same time she was starting uh, Pet Angel down in the Indianapolis Carmel area. Unbeknownst to her, I was doing the same thing because we both came from the human world and it came from very personal reasons. Right. And so were several other um, really class act people trying to drive pet cremation and it was trying to mirror the human side. So now you're gonna see in more, especially larger geography, Chicagoland, Detroit, Indianapolis, you're going to see a lot of freestanding with the word pet funeral home or pet loss center, pet memorial center. And those are above and beyond um, just pet cremation services. Wow. Well, you're, you're also part of the pet professional 
or Pet Loss Professionals Alliance, PLPA. Would you tell us a little bit about that organization and what it does for its members? Yeah, the PLPA is just, it's just grown and it's a ton of fun. It Initially, I, I'd like to say it's the sister association or committee, whichever you want to talk about, to the ICCFA. Mm -hmm. And uh, first of all, anybody who is an ICCFA member can automatically be a member as long as they just check that they would like information on the pet side of our profession and of that association. So what the PLPA really is about is to set self-imposed standards and protocols uh, when handling the care of a pet or if you own and operate a pet crematory, uh, the, the behaviors and the standards for that crematory and you know just an overall attitude of how you're going to talk to people your legal forms so the plpa has taken people who had a hobby if you will or had good intentions and trying to teach them how to run a strong pet loss business and then use the right vernacular yes we want to take care of the pet parent but more importantly we want to protect whether it's the vet clinics who are dealing with death care, we want to not let them have unnecessary risk mm -hmm. and be liable to be sued when talking cremation with families. We want pet crematories not to be unnecessarily exposed because one slip up, you have a million dollar lawsuit and you had mentioned our good friend, Paula Masters. Right. We had done a, a wonderful white paper about Molly the Golden Retriever and you know, that's a whole nother story, but there are um, big financial consequences that could come out of a fouled up or a botched up pet cremation. Mm. So that's kind of who we are and what we're about. A lot of that well, it's, it, it, it's necessary. It's an emerging market. Um, just for folks, I don't know if they did, knew this, but I did a little research. The funeral industry is a 16 17 billion dollar industry as a group and i know people like to call it a profession but there's professionals within an industry mm -hmm. um the pet care industry is 55 billion yep. and okay growing. And, growing. and growing okay so if you don't think this is a serious subject it's something i think that you guys are on the forefront really of doing some great things and the organization's wonderful and speaking of which You've got a PLPA college in August coming up in Chicago. So tell us a little bit about the, the uh, college and who should come and the objectives and that sort of thing. Well, I got to tell you, I'm really excited because this is the sixth year of the college. So mm -hmm. we're official. We passed that five-year mark. So we are, of course, to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. And the PLPA college um, was designed for a couple of reasons, but one, we want to create certified pet loss professionals. So we want people to have education with continuing education. Mm -hmm. So they learn um, how to run a crematory. They learn things, how to answer the phone, how to talk to pet parents, how to keep your books. So many people get into this and it's an accounting nightmare. They don't know what they don't know. So much like the ICCFA college, which is a, a beautiful venue and it's a week long process. We pack a lot of dynamic information from marketing to legal to um, customer service issues, best practices, motivational speakers. I think I might know one. And uh, 
all of that into two and a half days. And then we have a hands-on clinic uh, with one of the most spectacular facilities. Um, and this is, I'm going to give a shout out about Hinsdale. Uh, mm -hmm. The Rimkus, John and, and Dave and, and Bill. There's a lab where people can go in, touch, taste, see, and feel what it's supposed to look like, what the standards are. Mm -hmm. And they can ask the people who are doing it on a regular basis. So it is, it's, it's, it has grown. Let me tell you from its infancy till now. And it's, it just gets better. Fantastic. Well, where can the funeral nation go to find out more about PLPA and the college in August? The best place to go would be to the ICCFA website. So www.iccfa, I think it's .org now, but um, on there and click on the PLPA or they can just Google in PLPA. Or I'm sure you're going to have a link where they can come and click to that. And if all else fails, they can hunt me down. I'll gladly point them in the right direction. And uh, you can always ask Jody, right? You got that. <laughs> um, Jody, in closing, um, you are a consummate funeral professional and have been in many facets in your short lifetime um, that you've had out here. Um, you know quite a bit about the human side of our profession. Uh, where do you see pet service going? Well, that's real personal. And what I see is not based on my thoughts. It's what people have been so kind to share with me. And I'm going to flip it on that human side because sometimes they get the short straw and they get me on a bad day when we're full. And so I get the joy of sitting with people on a bad day and taking human, human arrangements, you know, doing those, those services. And it is not uncommon for them to bring up either the pet that they have because they learned that we have a pet loss center. So they'll ask questions, you know, and that, that's a different dialogue that they'll talk about. So they lighten up a little bit, but they'll flat out ask, you know, we have Buffy and Susie because the houses have multiple pets. So they have all of their cremated remains. Can we mix those with mom or can we put those cremated remains with mom in the casket? Can we bury them? So where I see it going is more of a, a hope and a recommendation is for funeral home directors or funeral home owners to realize it's not going away. Mm -hmm. So quit separating the two. If you have a cemetery, yep, you're going to have an area hopefully for pets or for scattering, but also have an area or let's get it to where people and pets can be together in the beginning and their end of life. Mm -hmm. And Funeral homes, it's not a short putt to get into it, but it has to be for the right reasons and you need to know the cost of entry. So if they're doing that and whether they outsource it or they do it themselves, I think that it would be a wonderful addition for community outreach, which is easier to talk about. Wow. Yeah. And I have to tell you, um, I'm a pet owner and that's a big deal to me. Um, uh, being in the funeral business also we've heard you know talked about their beloved pet we see them in obituary so it's not something that i think that should be ignored i think it's an opportunity when we look in our industry and our profession of what do we do next what do we go is laid right out in front of us and i think um that all funeral homes and professionals should take a look at this very seriously because you're saying well what are we going to do next right here's a grand opportunity and i am 
fully aware that some people spend more money in the death care of their pets than they do humans. So they just don't Jody, talk about it. And we just no, no, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, I may save that for a speech or something later on. I'll probably get kicked out of there, but it'll be funny for a few minutes. Anyhow, um, Jody, thank you for coming with us. We are fully behind uh, the PLPA, uh, your efforts. And uh, I think that Ryan will get some blasts going out about the college so people can inquire. And uh, please uh, share my hellos to your husband. He's a, one of my, uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's a good guy. And you as a family are uh, one of the top families in the funeral industry will recognize for all of your contributions. We thank you uh, for being here. Oh my gosh, you're making a girl blush. So I do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I go in there. So I'm going to say thank you for giving a, a high paw or a tail wagon shout out about uh, the PLPA. It's something to bark about. There you go. Uh, uh, I got it. You're going to have us all howling here before it's over with. <laughs> Don't you be barking up this tree. I'm with oh, you. No, here we go. All <laughs> right. well, thank you so much. Take care, Jody. Bye, gentlemen. You, Jody. Bye. Well, great interview. Uh, appreciate Jody being on the show and, and really bringing to light. The, the pet side of the business, which, you know, like we talked about oftentimes is, is ignored. So fantastic. This interview segment was brought to us by our new sponsors, Sitch Casket. Uh, we're, we're so excited to have these guys a part of the, the effing brand and, and effing change that they're bringing to the, to the profession. Um, Sitch is making, uh, they're, they're making a huge splash in the U S market. Uh, they're brilliant advertising campaigns. Uh, we'll have more details on Sitch Casket and the story behind them in the coming weeks when we sit down and, and do an interview with the proprietor of Sitch Casket. So let's roll that promo. Funeral Nation is sponsored by Sitch Casket, importers of premium hardwood and fine metal caskets created exclusively for the North American marketplace. Is it a Sitch Casket or one of the top U.S. brands? Only your accountant can tell the difference. Visit Sitch Casket or contact your Sitch distributor. All right, brother. Tell us um, who our spotlight this week is going to shine on. You know, uh, as everyone knows that watches our show, all the FNers out there, we like to share positive stories and shine a spotlight on funeral directors that are making a difference in their communities and our professions. This week, um, we're going to collectively shine a spotlight on the entire city of Dallas to the funeral directors serving the families of the slain police officers. Um, I'm not certain which funeral homes they are. However, their staff are serving families and doing monumental tasks of what's and, and have endured, frankly, quite a lot of work for the last couple, um, I, I guess, several days. And they still have a lot ahead of them. Um, we'll see some of these funerals here the next uh, the coming days. And I just want to offer my gratitude for serving these families and our country on one of the worst days that we've had. And our hats off to the Dallas funeral professionals that are serving these families and their funeral homes and all the support that uh, they've been giving them. That's uh, a, a great spotlight segment, one that really touches all of us um, in a way. So well, it's time to lighten things up and move on to our WTF segment. This is where we take a lighthearted look at something funny that we find in the funeral profession. Sometimes just related, other times we're poking fun at ourselves, but nonetheless, it's something that you're going to talk about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, so when you see it, it makes you say, what the funeral? 
So, uh, I, <laughs> you know, I, this yeah. makes me think because earlier this week I read a story about Costco and, and their, you know, how they're really making a dent and the funeral business has become something they're heavy playing in and delivering caskets. And it talked about taking delivery of the casket and, you know, getting it sent to a funeral home or somewhere you can handle it. So, I mean, is this the idea they're talking about? Is this a, a you know, just drop it and lock it type thing or what? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's a few questions that, that come about here because they're, you know, that's a stretcher that's laid out there and uh, it is locked to a pole uh, on a street somewhere. The question is, is there a body in there or is this a oh, delivery? Man. But uh, I, uh, when I looked at this, I did a quick, what the funeral is that all about? And, I suppose um, if anybody wants to let us know where this picture, I found it on the internet, where it came from, uh, we'd like to hear from it to get the whole story. This, this <laughs> hey, is hey, it else. could be a Pokestop. It could, hey, you know what? What a great idea. It could right? be a Pokestop. Man. You know, uh, we got to do what we got to do out there, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else we could say about that. I'm, uh, I'm uh, for one, almost at a loss for words, which is highly unusual. That's right, yeah. Uh, the Doug TF segment sponsored by Disrupt Media and the Disrupt You Show. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled for the upcoming Disrupt You episode all about Pokemon Go. Um, we have uh, Paul LaMasters, a legal expert that talks about what you can and cannot do as a cemetery or funeral property uh, around the Pokemon Go, how, how you can engage and whatnot. So roll that clip. At Disrupt Media, we're a social media content agency that focuses on storytelling for funeral companies. We use real stories to build creative strategies that achieve actual business goals. Want to learn more? Visit DisruptMedia.co. Well, brother, this wraps up episode 39. It's time to focus on the big over-the-hill 40 episode. I mean, we are over halfway through one entire year of the Funeral Nation show. 12, 13 more episodes and we'll be there. So, um, I mean, it's it's been a monumental journey, but gosh, what, what do we have on the big 4-0 next week? I'm really excited about next week's episode. We're going to have an interview with the industry giant that will share some uh, pretty interesting information about demographics as well as insight on what our future looks like. So you don't okay. want to miss this one next week. There it is, folks. Episode 39, done, cut, over. The commander is back in the command post with an empty glass, a shortened cigar. Um, man, I'm so glad you're and you're tan. You have such olive skin. You're beautiful. I know. It. it uh, I turned a light on and got a tan while I was down there. A there bit. we go. There we go. What cigar shop are you at? So if we have anybody in the Arizona, at Phoenix area, and they want to come hang out with you, be on the show. You, you know uh, what? That's a good idea. I'm at Don Cigars in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, off Central Avenue. I think we'll uh, throw a promo up with them pretty soon and have Mr. Lee, who's been uh, kind enough to allow us to use this as our Studio West, if you will. Excellent. So the ver the first FNer to email us and get a hold of Mr. Harbison and come meet him live to be on an episode of Disrupt You, we'll give some Disrupt You swag, or not Disrupt well, You. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do even better than that. I'll get swag. you guys a drink and I'll buy you a cigar while we sit go. here. Be, be on, on the, the show, show. <laughs> with the commander. Hit them up. Oh, man. If somebody flies into Phoenix and meets with I don't know what we'll do. It'll be great. Well, we're going to make that happen sometime. Make it happen. All right. 
As always, continue to engage with us. Like us on Facebook. Share these episodes. Please share them on your newsfeed. Share them on Twitter. Share them on YouTube. Uh, help us spread the message of, of the goodness that's happening in the funeral profession as we you know each week interview somebody making a profound impact and we highlight and have some fun with other things and buzz that's happening in the profession. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. You can also check us out on our website, FuneralNation.tv. Okay. One of you, reach out to Harvardson, the commander, meet him in Phoenix, have a drink, have a cigar, and be on the effing show. Let's do it. Until next time, have a great effing week. Out here.